Tofa, everyone, and good morning. Welcome to your Pacific Morning Show with Hannah, Isoa, and introducing our guest for today, the young, the vibrant, <laughs> the beautiful, the handsome, JP, John Paul Foliaki. Oh, oh, oh man, it's too late. I can't. Sorry, I got, I got, I got the vocals she got, for it. She got you, Thos. She got you. Good morning, JP. Good morning, Hannah. Good morning. How Thank you so today? much, JP, for Yo. joining us. We're so excited to have you. How are you? No, I'm good. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, though. Yeah, good yeah. morning. Good morning from me and my sunburnt, peeling face. Mm. You look fine, sir. <laughs> I really needed that. Oh. My self esteem. I'm just gonna go to a quick break. <laughs> how, how how are you, JP? And welcome to the Pacific Morning Show. I'm good. I'm good. Thus, thank you for having me. Now I'm yo like there's not really a way to describe in detail how I'm feeling right now, especially with the lead up to the film. I mean, we're about a week out from the premiere. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm nervous, but yeah, um, just trying to find like just a a little bit of space to chill out. And mm. just make sure that I have some time to myself just to process it all. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like doing lots of interviews and things yes. like that. And it's like, oh my gosh, like another one, another one, another one. But then you remember, like, there was a time where you're like, I wish I was doing stuff and yeah. people cared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm grateful. I'm good. I'm excited. Yeah. But nervous. Are you? I'm so happy to have you here. For those of you who don't know, but you should know, there is a new film coming out called Red, White and Brass that is executive produced by the one and only Taika Waititi, which is awesome. Everyone Who's that? Like, Who's that? <laughs> and Kathy <laughs> Neal. And Kathy Neal as well. And Kathy Neal. Yep, produced by the both of them. So, um, Picky Films yeah. is their baby. And they've done so much bomb work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's Taika and Kathy. Executive that, producers. That's, cool. that's awesome. Shout out. And JP is the lead um, actor in that film, which is huge. Oh. And, you know, just hearing what you're saying today, this is awesome. I can't wait for this episode. Uh, mm. We've got mean ass questions to ask, but we're going to do our usual morning show routine. We wanted to ask JP, is there a quote that you currently live by? Uh, I don't have one specifically. I probably, I, I save a lot of things that I see online or um, obviously things that my parents and grandparents have taught me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think most recently in context uh, or in relation to where I am right now uh, with the film coming out um, and working on my own music, it's probably something that I live by is just trusting your gut. And it sounds cliche, but I think it's so true. You know, like I have had to do a lot to get to where I am or to even land that role. Uh, and I've had to trust my gut and follow the things that I think uh, would be best for me. Mm. And that's just something that I try to practice more. I'm um, especially now, you know, like I'm I'm fun employed right now. I'm waiting for another <laughs> acting gig to come through, working on my music. But that means there's not much money coming in the bank. <laughs> um, and yeah, I like I could go out there and look for work. Uh, but like I said, I just have to trust my gut. Um, and hopefully something will come up and I can just continue working on my own stuff. But that's mm-hmm. something that I think I'm living by, trying yeah. to live by at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Shortland Street, eh? Mm-hmm. Anyone, hit me up. Need a little bag. <laughs> Home and away. Oh. oh. What am I? Can you do like an Aussie accent like you've been. An Aussie accent. <laughs> you know what? 
we're working on something. Actually, it's already finished. We filmed it. And I have an Aussie accent in that. So you guys oh, go check no. it out. Yeah. That's, when are you going to announce oh. it? It when hasn't been announced yet. So you're hearing it first right here. We're getting these. Actually, they have, they have announced it. <laughs> but because when they announced it, I was a nobody. So they didn't put my name in it. Like... Don't you dare say you're yeah, a nobody. Exactly. You're somebody. nobody. You're somebody to us, JP, all right? We'll always be a nobody. What we'll also do is we'll put his number on the screen so you can personally call him and he can show you his Australian accent. He's, uh, any, yeah. any private callers, I want to just put my Aussie accent on. And then um, if it's Bay Corp, they'll know you've got the wrong yeah, no, number. You get the song next year. Yeah. If it's Bay Corp, oh, sorry. Just hang up that phone. <laughs> I'm so dead. No, but I absolutely love that quote. Trust your gut. I was reading into some things like maybe three to four months ago and how your gut is like your second brain. Mm. So like your decisions are heavily influenced by that. Yeah. Because I, I, I always heard the quote, trust your gut, but it kind of feels like fairy tale-ish. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'll just <laughs> yeah. follow your dreams. Yeah, like, all that kind of stuff. Eh? It sounds mm. cliche, but mm. it's, you know. But then like, yeah, diving into it, it's actually like a scientific thing as well. Mm. I'm not going to bring the science to this podcast, guys, do your own mm. research, but look it up how your gut is literally like your second brain. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they say never shop on an empty stomach. You know what? You're so right. Because <laughs> my mom always says when I have to go grocery shopping or something, but I'm just straight eating with my eyes. Eh? Like, yeah. like <laughs> That looks nice. I know. Eh? Yo. And then you can't even finish it when you go home. It's like, oh, damn. We wanted to share this trailer with you guys so you guys can be just as excited about it as we are. Let's watch. Red, white, and brass. There's only six weeks till Tonga take on France at the Rugby World Cup. Maka, what have you done to my house? Surprise, my man. We're going to show our pride to the world. Can we get some tickets to the game, please? painted the whole house red. Yeah. But you really should have like lined up yesterday like everyone money. else. The city council is putting together some entertainment for the Rugby World Cup. There's still a way we can get tickets. We've got a marching band and we could perform at the game. Ignore my son, he's an idiot. <laughs> you guys do know that no one here can play yeah. How can it be? We don't even oh. have the instruments though. How trippy is that? Is this supposed to be a brass band or a plastic <laughs> band? <laughs> this is Tongan ingenuity at its finest. <laughs> All we need to do is learn one song and march in one straight line. Oh, Does the boy ever let you down? Uh, constantly. Oh! Hello, guys. How's the rehearsals going? You <laughs> sat on my trumpet! This band sucks. <laughs> well, even if you guys do suck, at least we'll still get to watch the game. It's not just about getting tickets to the game. Oh, no. It's about the whole world Cry seeing bird. what Don can do, man. So good. we came already we will not be embarrassed in front of everyone he and his band can make us all proud well done everyone so 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 cool <laughs> you think you can do better <laughs> right thanks bonnie hey <laughs> That's Susie Kato. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. You got Nathaniel Lee and Susie Kato in that. I so know. cool. Yeah, you know what's something crack up? Um, 
So Susie Cato, she shared, I did, an, <coughs> I did an ad for Auckland Transport. Yeah. It was like one of the first things that I did like on screen and I'm driving like in an invisible car with my afro out. And she shared the post and she was like, tag me. And she was like, oh, love your, love your hair or love this or something. Mm. And then I replied back to her and I was like, oh, like I've been a fan of yours, obviously since forever. Because yeah. all of us since we were little always mm. watch Susie. And then I was like, hopefully I can get to meet you one day. Then I was walking into hair and makeup and she was sitting there waiting to come in for her scene. And I was like, Susie! <laughs> she's like, yeah. And I was like, it's me. The guy with the effort. And she's like, yeah, no, I know, I know. Like, you know, she's so nice and chill. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like that I'm getting to meet you. And obviously I was saying like, I hope we get to meet one day. And now I'm meeting you on set. And I was like, rambling, rambling, rambling. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry, but you're the bomb. Yeah. Everyone was buzzing out. Yeah. I'd yeah. die too if I got to meet Susie Kato. Yeah. Me too. And she's so nice, eh? Yeah. 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 I was random story. I was on TikTok scrolling like yeah. two days ago and I, I found like new footage of like Susie like mm. cooking the old like marmite and chip sandwiches Yo. that she used to make like snacks for kids and stuff. So she she was like a staple to yeah. be honest yeah. growing up, eh? Uh, new Zealand icon, man. Like, yeah. Everyone's auntie, I swear. Yeah, for sure. I love her. She was great. She's the bomb. See you later. And she's on the film, guys. Mm -hmm. She's on and Red, she's on White, Red, and, and Brass, Brass, which I honestly definitely going to put down to watch. And do you know what I like about um, the trailer that we just watched? It really gave me, because, bro, I grew up on, like, School of Rock. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like, the band competitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that movie word for word. Yeah. And there's, like, early 2000s movies. And mm. this is, like, literally the Tongan, yeah. not School of Rock. Yeah, yeah. But you, th you get, get the concept, you mean, yeah. 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 It's quite nostalgic. <laughs> and obviously it's based in 2011 mm. um, on a true story. Like, um, what you didn't realize, sir. It but was yo, a, true story. a true story. Yo. Who are they? Uh, I gotta know. So it's based on a true story. Halai uh, Whanua now. he is the co-writer with Damon Febuleai. Yeah. And it's his church that he wrote the story about. His <sighs> family and mm. his friends from church. And, you know, they won a ticket to get to the Rugby World Cup. It's actually based on him. The character that I played was yeah. based on Noah. Yeah. Uh, and his story of how he wanted his church um, to get tickets to go to the Rugby World Cup because they couldn't afford it, obviously. Mm. And the only way they could do it is to put a brass band together. And they really did that because no one in their church could play an instrument. So they had someone that was there from the islands that could actually teach them. Yeah. And they learned from scratch and... Hustled mm. their way and got there. Bro, that was a big hustle. Yeah. Mm. Um, it looks like no one really knew how to play instruments. Nah. Was that like the true? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There's only very few. There's only very few of the main cast, I think, that could actually play. But mm. the best thing about the movie, I think, uh, is that there's people in the band who were in the original band. So Me. Like the background actors. Yeah, they're yeah. all just Noah's family and his friends from... Um, church yeah who live in wellington who were part of the actual band that yeah. shout out to taolonga o that's the name of the band um yeah and they were able to come on set and actually participate in this movie that was about them yeah mm. and it was pretty special Man. based in 2011 as well for the rugby world cup and if you remember like around that time that's probably the first time we saw tonga come out in full force no yeah. shut down the street no. yeah nah. no it wasn't Oh, it was it? was 2007. What was it? I remember that. Correct me. Which one was it? Was it was 2007 in France. Because we... Okay, you probably don't I wouldn't remember know this. that. You remember I this. I was, like, I was like 14 at the time. Wait, no. Remind me though. Because I was... So, 
so it was the 2007 Rugby World Cup in France. Yeah. Oh no, Tonga. I'm wrong. Yes. Yeah. That that one eh? Final Maka and all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that era. And, and Tonga was like over. Tonga almost beat yes. South Africa. Yes. By like one try. Yo. It was one try, and then South Africa. It was like the last dying minutes of yep. the second half yep. and then France and then the Springboks were like oh, oh we gotta send out all our top players we yep. started all our our, our yep. stink players and then yep. they sent them all out and it was just one kick yep. over and it was Tonga's position it was like the last minute and it was like one a chip over to the corner mm. to score the try yep. and he just kind of no he overcooked it a little bit and just missed out and mm. I remember that's when YouTube and all that was kind of beginning to pop off. Yeah. And I remember the next day going online on Bebo or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I saw like yeah. Tongue and Flag stuff and I was like, yo, yo parades is a thing now. Yo. Okay. Yo. 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 And then. No, you're right. I remember that. And it's funny too, because then it also kind of makes sense why everyone was so hyped. Yeah. For the team and by the time 2011 came oh. Right. And it no. was here. That was a and shock was to, yeah. you know, letting these amazing Tongans discuss us. <laughs> but yeah. it was a shock to like Samoans as well. We're like, holy yeah. crap. Like yeah. we've got to up, like yeah. we were like, we've got to up our game. Yeah. Yeah. Samoans have already cracked the qualifying <laughs> anyway. The, the whole, um, I think the spirit uh, of Tongans and the Tongan fans and the Tongan nation as a whole, like that comes across through the movie yeah mm-hmm. i mean that's something that they really try to <clears> capture <throat> and i think they did quite well um on screen you yeah. know and it wasn't easy to capture like everything that we have in our culture and all the different nuances oh yes and all the different characters and put that into a storyline but I, yeah i think that they managed to do a really good job of it yeah For sure hard, and, oh sorry yeah hard thing trying to capture mafana and yep. to keep it authentic yeah, I've tried explaining what Mafana is. Nah, they've been asking me over and over again, um, and uh, interview after interview, and I, like I always say, it's something that's really hard to put into words. Mm. I think the actual word itself means warm, or like describes a state of something that's warm, like this tea that you made yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, Mafana. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I think describing it in terms of like a cultural context, or like a, it's more like a spiritual feeling, or like right. that feeling you get that just overwhelms you and it overcomes you like yeah. excitement joy pride all those things is that like the whole attitude that everyone has when they're celebrating yeah, and yeah. that's what you call it yeah and oh, it's not yeah. necessarily like something you go into like planning it's yeah. just that feeling that you get in the moment where when you see your your country or like that your your national team or your cousin graduating or your parents um, making sacrifices and mm. you being able to honor those sacrifices. And when we talk about that and, you know, you see people get emotional, like you would describe as they're being mafana, mm. as they are being mafana. But you would also describe someone doing a tulafale for like a taulunga, like dancing their hardest and jumping around like they're mafana. You know, there's so yeah. many different, um, I guess, ways of explaining it or showing it yeah. or how we embrace it. That's it's like one of those words, words with universal meanings. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I I made a YouTube video explaining what Mafana is. <laughs> yes. Linked somewhere. Can you add anything else to what I've said? Because I'm going to be yeah. asked about it. And if you can help me out here, Mafana. Sir. Mafana is a spontaneous feeling of overwhelming warmth mm-hmm. that you will either express physically or verbally mm. in the way that you 
operate. Yeah. So you could feel mafana from how someone speaks. You can mm. feel mafana from how someone acts. And you could feel mafana when you enter into a certain environment and it just it's Over, something yeah it's overwhelming you, it's oh. spontaneously overwhelms and all of your senses are on fire yeah, yeah. and you can't control it and <laughs> the thing the thing about being tongan is that we just let it happen mm. your mafana you want to jump on the table and dance jump on the table and dance <laughs> and i love that yeah. about tongan zoe yeah. yeah yeah your mafana you want to turn around and do a knee drop even though you go gout yeah <laughs> gout. do it you want to give a hundred dollars to the stall even though you got, don't have petrol Eww. in your car Eww. give the hundred dollars the car can run on mafana <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so buzzy yeah so, yeah because yeah. Um, in Samoan, it would be mafanafana, which means warmth. Yeah. But we wouldn't use it ideally to describe the feeling, the spiritual mm. feeling. You guys mm. are talking about it. Yeah. We kind of just use it as literally warmth. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to figure out, um, you know, how you guys are describing this. Mm. Can't yeah. put it in short words. I'm trying to figure out what we call it, but I ca- nothing's coming to mind right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely oh, actually, that it's, feeling, though. Yeah. That, see yeah. what the, uh, what the Samoa leads to. Yeah. Uh, that's everyone going out and parading mm. and going mm. out there with their flags and things like that. You know, everyone has their own variations of yeah. what mafana is across yeah. the Pacific, but it really is, yeah, that feeling of pride and happiness eh, mm. and joy that you mm. can't contain it. Yeah. Which is literally why you, all the yeah. examples he gave. Yeah. yeah. You can't contain it. You yeah. can't force it. It's just there. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's like trying to capture lightning in a bottle. You can't mm-hmm. do it. Right. Yeah. And you can kind of see it um, on the main with the main character. Yeah, their yeah. energy, they're like so hopeful. You know what? Some people look at me like, oh, they're naive. Like, yeah, what makes yeah. you think yeah. you're gonna get into the World Cup and teaching a band like with yeah. nothing? Mm-hmm. You know, so seeing that um, quality shine through just through the trailer, like you could feel that energy, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely was that type of character, Maka. So I had the honor of playing Maka in Red, White, and Brass. But yeah, he's definitely someone who was quite optimistic. Yeah. Didn't take no for an answer. Uh, always thinking that he can do anything and everyone else can do anything they want because they're Tongan. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what resources they have available. If they want to, uh, if they have a goal mm-hmm. and they want to make it happen, there's no reason why they can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, like you said, uh, you could come across as a little naive or like, bro, you're dreaming, hang it yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. But. I mean, you know, when people get mafana and they're really keen to do something, they'll make it happen. Mm, exactly. Just let go and let God do mm-hmm. it. Eh? Go on, That's the God. tongue in the way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Good morning. We'll be right back. With JP John Paul Foliaki, who is the lead actor for Red, White, White and Brass. And Brass. And we are here to get to know him on a deeper level. <laughs> we are huge believers in bus speaker creatives or people who are exploring that space because it's not always an easy space to get access into. You know, we've had conversations about gatekeepers, the barriers we have to face entering into their careers. And we're so happy to have someone like JP who has literally fought through. Made things happen, sacrificed many things to pursue the things that he loves. And we want to get to know him 
more on that level. JP, tell us about yourself. Where were you born and raised? What background are you from? What was it like growing up? So I'm a New Zealand-born Tongan. Second gen, I think. Old count. Yep. My parents moved here from the islands. Uh, my grandparents came here. But my parents were already, uh, I think, young teens, mm -hmm. 10 to 14, like around that age group, my mom and my dad. Um, but yeah, so I grew up in Central for, I think, maybe the first eight years of my life mm -hmm. before we moved out south to Papatoi. I was so crack up moving out south there because we used to, me and my siblings used to play spot the Balangi. Because <laughs> we're like, there are so many islanders here. But it wasn't like, we we loved it, eh? Yeah. It was just buzzy ass to us, like so many different ethnicities like minorities as mm. well like barely seeing any balangi so we used to play spot the balangi when we first moved out south <laughs> um but i went school out east sacred heart college uh did intermediate there and finished off my high school in there um yeah what else about my family well from Maofanga, my on my dad's side on my mom's side mm. um love being tongan love it love it love it <laughs> Why? Why, why, like why do you love being Tongan? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you just really want me to guess up Tongan, don't you? <laughs> Let's just say, why not? Why not? Yeah, why not? Why, why, why not? But yo, I think anything else, background-wise, mm. that's my childhood was bomb. I was lucky in, um, yeah. enough that both my parents were educated. My grandfather mm. was educated as well. Um, so we were a lot more pr privileged than yeah. a lot of my friends and other Pacifica kids at school. We knew that. My parents mm. reminded us that. Um, and I think with a lot of the work that my grandfather did in the Tongue community, we saw people kind of, you know, not put them on a pedestal, but just show a lot of respect. And obviously we benefited from that in a way as well. Uh, can, can we can we quickly ask, who yeah. is your grandfather like? In yeah. case people don't know, sorry, my the triple OG. My grandfather is Leopina Foliaki. Hey. He's bomb. He's the goat. Nah, <laughs> the real goat. Nah, but yeah, he did a lot of work for the um, Tongue community. So, you know, a lot of people respected him and mm. looked up to him. Um, so it was cool, like, to see, yeah, to see that yeah. growing up. And we learned a lot from that. The importance of faith, family, and education mm. was a huge thing that he instilled in all of us, yeah. us grandkids, his kids. Um, and something that we try to live by mm. just from a young age right up until now, you know, not yeah. mm. fulfilling that in its full entirety, mm. uh, but and could do a lot better. But yeah, that's those are things that were really important to us growing up and still are to this day. Mm. And you can see it like we can see oh, those sure. values come through you, through your family. Thanks, so like, um, was education pushed? towards you yeah, so mm. yeah like i was saying um the reason why i was saying we we saw the way that people treated my grandfather or us as a family um and it wasn't like anything major or like real special as if we were a royalty there was nothing like that mm. it was just we could see the importance that education had uh, and what it could do for your family mm. um, and so to answer your question it wasn't that it was pushed as such but it was kind of like it was the norm you know right. And that's such a privileged position to be in. Um, I think growing up, it was more like a conversation or it was never a question of, are you going to university? It was, what are you going to study? Right, you know? right. Yeah, and that's like a good place to be, like, you yeah. know, as migrants. At that stage in life, what were you thinking? Man, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. Like, I, as, when I was young, I mean, you'd probably have to ask my cousins and my siblings and stuff what I was 
like when I was young. But I think from memory, I, I've been pretty much the same as I am. I've always been, you know, talkative, uh, confident to a certain extent, uh, getting myself into trouble because I'm talking too much. You know, like my report card, I, we saw it a few weeks ago, going through our reports when we were younger and I was like, yeah. distracts other students. <laughs> Talks too much. <laughs> yeah. Even like in the choir, John Paul's a good singer, but he sings too loud. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Things like that. Oh yeah, I'm not going to lie though. Yeah. All my report cards when I went, I went Seven Cross. Oh And yo. literally all my teachers were like, Hannah distracts everyone. Yes. She talks oh. too much. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, and it's mm. funny, like thinking back about, yeah, so education was important to us, but when I was at school, I was always, uh, you know, dedicated to my schoolwork, but, you know, not fully applying myself. Mm. Uh, I was lucky enough to, like I said, have my parents who are both educated, so they were able to help me a lot with yeah. my schoolwork. Um, homework time, like the dining table was more for doing homework than it was for having dinner. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So that was something that was really normal growing up. Um, but yeah, I was really fortunate and it wasn't that it was pushed as such like you know do your studies oh my mom pushed us for sure but it was it wasn't like study like do study do nothing else right but it was like in that in that way of i guess we we had seen what our education what education could do exactly mm. that was already family. like ingrained yeah. in yeah. you guys you guys understood the concept of education yeah. do you yeah. reckon and yeah. it was primary school um you know high school uni that was a like mm. the path was made clear for us mm. luckily uh, thanks to our parents and my grandfather um but it came with its own challenges i think yeah, yeah. i mean um what is it because we kind of first connected at uni yeah um a couple people here actually finished uni someone didn't finish uni that's all right, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but before before you decided to pursue your career as a creative, mm. you're you're a law student at uni, yeah. and you had graduated. Yeah. You're working at PwC. For those so, of you who don't know, PwC is one of the biggest four accounting firms. Yeah, globally. Can I say globally or New Zealand? Yeah, globally. I yeah, think. One, yeah. It's definitely like a dream career for a lot of yeah. people, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Price Waterhouse Cooper. Yeah. Mm. You give me some free money, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people nice. dream to work there. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, how did you navigate the conversation with your parents when you wanted to go from oh steady money yeah. working mm. for one of the big four firms to Sometimes I get money. Sometimes I don't get money. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know, what, how did you navigate that conversation with that massive career switch? Yeah, I think even before getting to having that conversation was probably where the the challenges to have that conversation uh, started before that conversation came mm. about, you know, uh, because like you said, I was at law school. Uh, but also don't want to uh, get it twisted. A lot of people think because of the uh industry that i'm in now the creative arts you know line of work that i wish i didn't go uni or i wish i didn't yeah. work at pwc or yeah. anything mm. like that but i'm so happy that i did pursue mm. my um law degree yeah and that i finished and that i was able to see what that kind of world looked like mm. uh, and it wasn't until i saw what it was like that i was certain that's not what i wanted wow yeah and i had a lot Can of I ask what did you not like now yeah <laughs> no yeah of course yeah. No, yeah, that's yeah. all good 
Uh, it wasn't, you know, it's funny. I walked in there and I thought I wasn't going to like the people. I, I wouldn't get along well with them. A lot of Balangis, barely any islanders, you know, same same story. We know. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think that I would fit in. Mm. So it's not that I didn't think I would like them. It's just thought I thought they wouldn't, I wouldn't fit in with them. Yeah. Um, but I actually ended up making some really good friends, but it was just the work. I didn't connect with the work. You know, yeah. I was there because... Uh, the year before I got the internship or the year of I got the internship, I was the co-president for the Pacific Island Law Students Association. Mm. And, you know, my uh, association knew the type of person that I am, you know, yeah. outgoing and not your typical type of corporate person. And I also wanted to prove to myself that if I wanted to get a job there, I could get it. Because yep. I had right. interviewed at a law firm as well yeah. that I didn't get. And I was like, okay, I want to apply it to another one and see if I can get in. Mm. I was fortunate enough to get that position. But, you know, I wanted to go there and see if I could help my community from a higher level. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, you definitely can. And I've still got some friends that are still there really enjoying it. But just the way that it happens, I guess, isn't for me in yeah. terms of, uh, you know, you have to stay there for a while. You have to put in the work and put mm. in your hours. And, and until, a while is probably like five to ten years, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm. And a while, yeah, definitely. It takes a few years until you can actually get on a project that you're really passionate about. Mm. Uh yeah, and I was not keen to hang around that long. <laughs> yeah. It definitely took a toll on my mental health. Uh, had my own experiences where I was, you know, struggling with depression and anxiety. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much how the conversation came about with my parents. Because I was like, man, I had been saying I wasn't liking it. I didn't want to go there. Even mm. when I got offered the full-time role, uh, you know, I said to my parents, I don't know if I want to take it. And they kind of looked at me like, are you stupid? Like mm. what? Mm. No, disres no disrespect to them. Love you, mom and dad. But yeah, that's, I think it's just that they, they only know what they know. Mm. Education, getting a good job that looks like that. Yeah. Mm. And for me to question it after putting in all that work, studying at uni, it is kind of like, are you crazy? What are you up to? Yeah. Um, But yeah, they saw that I was really unhappy. And I think I just... I had to tell them that I, where I was and like my mental health had taken a hit, you mm -hmm. know, um, sitting in the doctor's office and you're talking about your feelings and you're filling out that survey they give yeah, you yeah. and I'm like lying on it. From and then, one to 10. Yeah, from <laughs> one to 10. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not that bad. And, you know, I'm lying on it, mm -hmm. on it. And then the doctor's telling me, oh, you're showing early signs or like, you know, depression. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I was lying. Like, I was playing it down. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that was like a wake-up call for me. Like, oh, man, I'm probably a bit worse than I think I am. Mm. And something needed to change. And I had a really good conversation with um, someone that I trusted at um, PwC. And he kind of said to me, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? Do you see yourself here or in this line of work? Um, and if you don't, you don't even have to know what you want to do. But if it's not in this area, mm. then that's your answer to whether you think you should stay here or not. Mm. So, yeah, within the week, I handed in my resignation and I said, mm. see ya. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I said, man, so privileged to be able to stay home and that my parents understood by that point, you know, yeah. that I wasn't happy yeah. and that I needed time to just figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah. I had already started doing music by that point. I had stopped. After I think my last gig before I stopped was like opening for Sean Kingston. And that was Me cool as but like to stop after that because I just wasn't happy yeah. um, mm. with where I was and I didn't put time and effort into writing music or recording mm. music. 
Uh, but yeah, they saw that. So I was like, nah, I want to jump out. And in my head, I'm leaving because I want to pursue music. And mm. But then I was like, actually, it's not just music. I want to do anything creative and just see where I go. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of how it happened. It was really, yeah, it, it was hard to explain to my parents, but they, they fully understood um, because they could see that I was hurt. You know, yeah. it was like, it was quite hard. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I, I guess that's the beauty of, you know, having completed your studies and mm. kind of the main reason why our parents moved here to this country. Yeah. Yeah. The migrant dream. Options. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Options, right? man. Options is such a huge like way to look. I think if we look at when we talk about sacrifices mm. and the sacrifices that our parents made, if we look at it from that angle that you just said about options, you know, coming here, yep, getting an education, mm. but then what's the next generation going to be? Like, yeah. you know, if we're thriving and all those sacrifices are honored, yeah. it looks like being able to have options, you know, yeah. to be educated, to be a yeah. professional rugby player, yeah. to be an artist, yeah. to be a builder, to yeah. be anything you want to be because you're not stuck. Yeah. In that line of work that yeah. our grandparents and parents had to do when they yeah. first moved over here. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, even now, uh, what is it? Uh, just some of the work that I do, I host this weekly men's group. Yeah. And we got guys who, first generation here in New Zealand, mm. Tongans, approaching their 40s, bro. Yeah. And they're still like, mm. Mm, this, this line of work isn't for me. Mm. The beauty of having options is I want to go train up, get yep. an apprenticeship, get paid to study. Yeah. Options. Bro. So man, yeah, man, I'm proud of you like to just be like, you know, to Thanks be able to talks. identify them. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm also proud of your parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, like no, the yeah. fact that they're able to like talk to yeah. you and understand how you feel. Yeah. I feel like that's super underrated, like yeah. that relationship. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think mm -hmm. It was good. Like, yeah, it definitely did take some time and a bit of courage to have that conversation with them. Yeah. But I think when they could recognize that I wasn't happy, mm -hmm. it was more important for them that I was happy mm. than working somewhere and honoring these sacrifices that we always talk about. Um, yeah, if I was in such a bad place, you know? Yeah. And I was definitely thinking that because the timing, it was buzzy because I left my job and then we went to Tonga for a family reunion. Mm. maybe a few months after and i had already booked in for um a trip with my mates for a birthday in the cooks so i pretty much left my job had some time off and then i was in the islands for the most of most of the summer mm. and then i was like reflecting there for ages and i was like i can't believe like we left here like to come and work and like i'm like i'm oh, getting emotional <laughs> but to come and work like in jobs that we're not happy doing mm. and our grandparents struggled and my parents struggled like this generational struggle for us to not be happy absolutely and i kind of resented like that whole i just resented that whole experience or that whole narrative actually you know moving here for a better life and i'm like how is this a better life exactly. when i'm not happy and corporate like you know you're at pwc they drain the hell out mm, of people mm. like it's all nice and fancy to be like oh yeah i'm the lawyer for the yeah. i'm the mean uh, the main like investigative accountant yeah. for this 
but like they were literally draining. Like the people I speak to in corporate, they're drained mm. and they look forward to yeah. like their weekend. Yeah. I'm not saying everyone's like this. Yeah. I'm yeah. saying it is a very common experience. And I, I get yeah. you, if you're sitting there by a beach, yeah. like we've created our version of success, busy nine to five family, yeah. great house, great yeah. cars. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I actually rather just lay in a whole Samoa mm-hmm. and then just wake up and figure out what am I going to eat today? Yeah. Let's go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go fishing. Mm. Let's go hunting. Yeah. Let's go, Um, you know, so it's that, I guess the difference is on how we view success migrating here. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's it's from a real place of privilege though. Yeah, for sure. Where we where we get to, yeah. you know, have that yeah, where we have that. Mm. Yeah, because my dad he's still working right now, and yeah. he, and I'm sure he doesn't want to wake up early in the morning and be like, oh, yeah. here I am, I gotta go and do demo again. Yeah. And he wakes up and does it. Me, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, I gotta edit. Yes, and I just roll over yeah. right. in my bed and be like, oh yeah. yeah, you know. And I guess in my dad's mind, it justifies the fact that. Yo, I was cleaner, all of this, all that, yeah. and my da- and my son now gets to, to do he, he can work from home, yeah. and on days where he's shooting, he gets to go and do do yeah. all of his stuff, and in his mind that, that justifies it, mm. and I guess you know in our mind it's like oh yeah, you know, but we kind of don't see the drive that they do, yeah, and they're built different, yeah, yeah. they're built different, yeah, absolutely. But mm. I think that's why um, it's so important that we do honor these sacrifices. I think it's so important that we honor the sacrifices that our parents and grandparents made, but do it in a way that makes us happy mm. in what we love doing, mm. you know? Because uh, then it makes it that much more, um, I don't know, amazing. Exactly. Mm. It, makes, it makes it worth so much more, mm. I think is a better way to say it. And often in like Pacific communities, or I'm going to speak for Samoans, happiness is always often looked at as sacrifice. Yeah. And sacrifice means taking away the happiness of the person. Mm, so yeah. I like that you said that because there we can work that way. Like I honestly believe that it's just the change of generations, yeah. and we've just got to encourage each other to like pursue whatever you want to yeah. pursue. Yeah, and mm. like um, you know, after working in corporate, I've still got mates there who love it, and they yet they do put in the mahi and they go hundreds and you know look forward to the weekend because yeah. they've been working exactly their asses off. But um, that's what they want to do and that's what they love, you know? Mm. And that's all good. And that's how they're honoring their parents and yeah. grandparents' sacrifices. Mm. Uh, so I think, yeah, maybe we just need to shift our like mindsets around how we actually are going to mm. honor those sacrifices Absolutely. because it's such a huge part of our story yeah. as yeah. migrants. Yeah. And it dictates a lot of the decisions that we make when it comes to um, our careers or what we want to do or how we want to earn money. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but like you said, it's a position of privilege, I think, to even yeah have those options or even think that way. But yeah, you know, I think it's starting. It's mm. starting. And yeah, it's well, you're living moving. proof of it. Yeah. Sure. So, good morning. Uh, we'll be right back. everyone welcome back to your pacific morning show here with you saw hannah and jp uh yeah let's just jump back into it jp i've got a very hard-hitting question for you okay 
Okay. Hit me. Uh, recently, there's been like a steady amount of Tongan-related projects in the media. Legend of Baron Dota, For My Father's Kingdom, Brutal Lives, Moi Fenga Da'a. What's it like being part of this Tongan film renaissance, if you will, or like, you know, this movement? You know, what's it like playing a big, you know, a very big part of that now, starring in Red, yeah. White and Brass? It's buzzy because I haven't thought of it that way before. Um, I All the projects that you've mentioned as well and coming into the space and being fairly new, I've always been like seeing them and be like, man, it would be so cool to be in something like that. Or yeah. how do you even get on like a production like yeah. that? Yeah. Or how did they do that? So I think to actually be a part of it now means a lot. Yeah. It's an honor. I'm really grateful. Uh, especially seeing the impact that this film could potentially have and that I've had the opportunity to play the lead role. Yeah, I'm just really grateful. And it's kind of surreal as well when you line it up, like how you have just like that, mm. the different projects. Um, yeah, it's buzzy. In short, it's mm. buzzy. But yeah, let's just go back to the film. Yep. 2011, mm -hmm. Rugby World Cup, yep. back when it was IRB, not World rugby or whatever it is do you remember where you were or what you were doing in 2011 when tonga beat france do you remember because i remember well uh, yeah so i was down in queen street with all my mates from school yeah you know, running amok may or may not have been able to see straight <laughs> let's just leave it there because i cannot track back how old i was and i think it was like year 12 or something yeah but um man I remember it was packed, obviously. I had my Tongan flag tied around my neck. Yeah. The Hare Krishna was like coming down yeah. Queen Street, you know, doing their thing with all the instruments. Tell me why I was like jumping up and down <laughs> with my Tongan flag. And it's so crack up too, because my mom and dad, they let me go with my mates to go and watch. But my siblings, the younger ones, they weren't allowed. Yeah. Then they decided, I think, that they would come out to town and just be amongst. And they, my brother told me that they were all sitting in McDonald's and they were like they saw the Hare Krishna like you know doing their thing yeah. right outside Macca's at Britomart yeah. and then like a gap just opened up in the crowd and they just saw me in the middle with the flag around my, <laughs> my neck and I'm like <laughs> and that's when Maka was born <laughs> yo so that's what I was doing yo. Oh, what, what were was, you oh, doing what was I doing on that okay. okay guys I got a little bit of backstory for you guys oh gosh here we go here we go grab a cup of tea um so on the opening night yeah. when new zealand played tonga i was at my mate's house he was he was living in an apartment just off k road and everyone was out there like you name it yeah. the city was buzzing that night and i just finished watching the game and i was the, the all blacks versus tonga game and i remember thinking bro we're gonna be france mm. You know, and then like I peeked my head out and there was just, like this little Balangi lady. She was like in the apartment <laughs> underneath us. And like she saw I had my tongue and flag out and she was like, oh, we beat you guys. And I just yelled out at her. Yeah, but we're going to beat France. Watch this. We're going to beat France. And she's like, hey, yeah, no, shut up. I didn't even lie. You know, but I was, you know, and I was just, no, we're going to beat France. Did she have no teeth? <laughs> Probably. That was a very specific Probably. impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember yelling that at her, like, oh. from up there. And and so the game happens, and I remember just... And I was watching it from home that time. 
And I remember just think, I, I looked over at my dad and I said, Dad, we're beating France. Watch this. And my dad was like, sit. <laughs> don't call out BC, yeah. you know. Hang it up. <laughs> yeah, hang it up. I don't want to hear this nonsense. And then it happened. And then my and then I looked over at my dad and I inst- <laughs> and I instantly thought, why didn't I go to the TAB? He <laughs> could have been rich, father. I have, I have failed you as a son, father, for not recommending that. We always go for the horsey yeah. and for everything else, but not the rugby. And I, man, I remember just watching it and I and I instantly thought, man, we could have went to the TAB. But at the same time, watching. Uh, Sonata Malolo and yep. like that tight pack, yep. like and how hyped they were in yep. that those last scrums. They were like, "Bro, we could do another hundred scrums. You bring it." You know what's buzzy? Just like how you're describing and being able to put yourself back in that moment in time. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I think or I hope that people get from watching Red, White, and Brass because it's like it's nostalgic. Yeah, obviously it's set in 2011 because that's when the Rugby World Cup was. But you automatically think back to that time, like, what was I doing? Where was I? Yeah, the city was buzzing that yeah. night. Like, you know, everyone was out. Everyone yeah. was so proud. So many yeah. different ethnicities yeah. coming together just to watch footy and celebrate each other. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was such a good time. And yeah, man, it's just one of those things that hopefully people can get from the film. For like, sure. Yeah. There's, the, there's the movie itself. I got the vibes already yo. through the trailer, like the, the flags and stuff. Yeah. You know what else I'm really happy about is that you guys get a whole movie on it, man. Man. Like yeah. and it, like a parades movie about the par- it's well, it's not about the parades, it's about the band, but you get you're obviously gonna feel yeah. like feel what was experienced at that time. The house where you had all the Tongan flags and stuff. Honestly, as someone at that time, I was just like, man, why are the Tongans so cool? Well, you know, man, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, first yeah. of all. Why are Tongans so cool? Come and watch Red, White yeah. and Brass. It's because we kept losing before this. So when we uh, were actually winning, it's like... No, but you know why it's... <laughs> my flag! There's the thumbnail. Look at my flag! I think we can edit it. <laughs> no, but... Um, Ryan, put a Tongan flag here you know right now after a fixing. About um, on Noor. So Noor's the writer. When he first... We had a interview with Radio New Zealand the other day and he was explaining because they're asking him questions as the writer mm. and he said when he first started writing it, he was writing about like this Tongan band or this band that went to England or something and oh. like it was because he was thinking how cool would it be like for these Tongans to be from the UK you know like doing this thing and he came up with the story mm. then the person that he was showing it to was like wow that's pretty cool like what's it based off and he's like oh yeah it's similar to like my church band um, in Wellington and what we had to do to get to the Rugby World Cup and he's like wait what what's that story mm. and he explained it and he's like wow that sounds like a pretty mean story and I think I was just like the lesson in it is like you know we always think that like the next best thing or the coolest thing is something outside of who we are who like or our culture you know but it's literally <coughs> the stories that we we live with the stories that we know <clears throat> who we are our values all those types of things absolutely yeah uh what makes amazing stories and for them to put it down on a script and then to get a production team you know new zealand's one of new zealand's best production teams to get behind it and right. actually bring it to life yeah and it's just a story that we all know so well mm. like we know that we can make something out of nothing tongan Samoans, regardless you know we managed to find money we managed to put together these church exactly groups. Mm. it's things that we know but we we don't 
think it's that much of a big deal. We underestimate it, eh? Yeah, for sure. We underestimate mm. underestimate ourselves so much. And I think even for myself, you know, all the things that people wanted me to kind of dim or change, like about myself, like to not be so loud, mm. to stop being so out there, um, all those types of things that people wanted to change about me, had I changed them, I wouldn't have got this role exactly. and I wouldn't be in this movie. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just really important, I think, to not take not take uh, our cultural values and the stories that we know so well for granted, but also see the value in, I guess, just the bomb person that you are or the mm. characteristics mm. Um, that can be, you know, that can be used to get you somewhere, yeah. like a movie. Like a film. And here we have it. Yeah. Living proof, guys. I have, oh wait, I have one more bone to pick. With yes, you. go do yes, it, sir. do it. When does the film come out? The film Red, White and Brass comes to cinemas March 23rd, 2023. That's Whoa. in about seven days. Why that specific day? Why March 23rd? Yeah. Tell me why that specific day. That's my birthday, all right? You know right. what? How dare I you? I knew Taika knew it was your birthday. <laughs> How dare you and Taika? Give it to you. <laughs> How dare you guys release a film on my oh birthday? My gosh. No, it's because, like right? you said, it's your birthday. How dare you guys? The world revolves around me right now. <laughs> so what you're saying is... Go watch John Wick 4. Oh. <laughs> Don't listen to it. How dare you come on here and promote another movie in my presence? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, so Basi, yeah. happy happy birthday, Topo. Thank you. I'm so sorry I don't have any tickets to give you, but that's I mean, all right. You guys yeah. got the email, you know how to head up, sir. That's yeah. all right. My I already know what I'm doing for my birthday. I'm buying my mum a cheesecake on my birthday. Two. For her. To wow. then no. go and watch Red Wine and Brass. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that too. Nah, yeah, wait, I'm actually gonna go watch it. Yeah. But, yeah. That's my thing. I'm buying my mom a cheesecake on my birthday. That's that. cool. No, it's I like not. that. No one's buying me a cake. That's all right. I don't want cake anyway. There'll be cake at the premiere. I'm Let's go to the, the premiere. premiere. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the premiere. <laughs> Never mind the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nah, thank you. Honestly, thank you so much, JP, for your time. This Talanoa has been amazing. Um, I think we've discussed so many. Th I've learned so much about Tongan people <laughs> on this one sitting down. And I look forward to learning more about, um, you know, Tongan cultures. <laughs> what? <laughs> it sounds like, don't wrap it up. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, James. You got, do you, I, I don't want to wrap it up yet. Do you have any more questions to ask? I have one more question. No, nah, you go. I, I'm, I'm happy I got all my questions out. I'm Wusa. Wusa. Thank you, Esau, for, for that. That was uh, pretty awesome. But uh, <laughs> Blessings upon your household. So remember, guys, March 23rd, Red, White and Brass. Coming out, cinemas. Is it out in all cinemas? All cinemas. All cinemas. Closest yeah. cinema. Near. I've, I've, I've wanted to say that for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Available at your local cinema. And, of course, JP will be lead acting, but check it out. It is also Esau's birthday on that wonderful day, so we will be making plans. Any last words, JP, for our Pacifica youth, our audiences who may want to do exactly what you want to do, but they're a bit shy or they have faced some different barriers across the road. What would your one piece of advice to them would be? Man, I actually get asked this question all the time and I'm like, I don't know why you guys are asking me for advice because half of the time I'm just... 
going with it. Yeah, yeah. But um, mm. I think, I think one piece of advice that I would have would be to just, like I said, follow your gut. Man, you actually know what you want to do deep down in your gut. You know, like mm. I knew from a young age that I wanted to be a singer or some kind of entertainer you know mm. i just knew i knew that i remember watching sister act two and whoopi goldberg's like if you can't wake up in the morning and you can't think of can't think about anything but sing then you're supposed to be a singer girl <laughs> you know, I <laughs> yeah. and i was like that always stuck yeah. with me and I, it's, it's so true like you know what you love what you um what you're passionate about and your natural talents lean into those mm. the barriers that you face man honestly reach out for help with people that you know uh, might be able to help you like you see people online you you see the type of job that you might want to get just reach out you owe mm. it to yourself i know it's easier said than done you might have parents that might not be so supportive but sometimes you just have to show them and mm-hmm. then they'll get it that's uh, it yeah you, mm. it's hard because <laughs> you show them and they give you a whack <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah i don't have any like specific advice and hopefully I'm in this game long enough where I can learn a few things that I can give some better advice further down the track. But until then, yeah, just just believe in yourself as cliche as it sounds, but just do, do what you want to do. I'm feeling like you might end up on like a Mandalorian series or something on Disney Plus. Yeah. Soon. Wow. Manifesting it. For sure. Yeah. Re- you, remember me when you get there. Thank and you, sir. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I have big dreams for sure. And I don't see why I shouldn't be able to achieve them if I don't put in the work myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully that's, you know, God willing. Yeah. It happens. Good morning. Mm-hmm.